0: If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, because we're reading NT 260, um, please turn to John 14 with me. We're going to be reading uh, from verse 5 to verse 14, and you'll recognize it, Uh, but sometimes I, I think... Uh, We all have days where you you read a whole chapter with NT 260 and you could miss something. Because you might be a bit rushed that day. And uh, I encourage you, if the Lord really points something out to you, go and revisit it. So from verse 5. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Okay, so I can start. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. God bless the reading of his word. Amen, sorry, but old King James came through there, verily. As, as I've been waiting on this, obviously you'll know the scripture well, and where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I've just really been waiting on the Lord with us in, in preparing for today, and, and I believe for many of us, we, we have the way, we found the way, or rather the way found us, Jesus found us. But often there's not enough truth and there's not enough life. And I believe that what God's really wanting to impart today is the fact that abundant life, the life that Jesus came to purchase back for us and came to die for, is knowing Him. He's knowing Him, He's knowing the Father. That's why Jesus came. Not just to save you from your sin and leave you there. But he came to save you from your sin because you were cut off from the Father and wanted to get you back to the Father. And that is why he is seated at the right hand of the Father and says that you are seated in heavenly places with him. And I think often as Christians we forget that. This leads me to my first point, which is very easy. It's the first part of that verse, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way. I just want to encourage you, please don't focus on the PowerPoint too much. You're going to hear the things that are on there as I share them, and I'll probably share them, and then only you'll see them on there, Um, but just focus on what the Holy Spirit is saying. I believe as Christians, often we know we have Jesus, but I think we've settled for second best in the sense that we've decided abundant life is too difficult. And we've resorted to the fact of believing, hey, at least I'm going to heaven one day. Even though this life may not work out very well for me, I have Jesus and we've settled for the fact that it's gonna always be a struggle and I'm gonna get to heaven one day. And I just wanna add something, just a bit of a visual thing. Um, Forgive me, cameraman, gonna test you a bit here. (laughs) But you'll see, I want you to picture that the life down here, is when we're unsaved, okay? And the steps up here is you're getting saved and abundant life is up here, okay? And then if you walk to the other side, the choir has one step up on us because they're on the stairway to heaven already. <clears throat> That's why they worship so wonderfully. But now I want you to picture, okay, this is, there we get saved, abundant life is here, and then we go to heaven one day, Okay? but I believe believe for a lot of us that we have Jesus and this life is a struggle and we know that and we've made peace with that. But for a lot of us, people don't see the difference between us because we're saved, except that we go to church and we're walking down here and we might be saved, but we're really struggling and we've decided abundant life is not for us because we've been taught the lie that abundance is about money. That's only part of it. And I believe what God's wanting us to get today is that abundance, true abundance, is an abundance of Him and not an abundance of things. So when we carry on, we know that we're going to go to heaven one day because we're secure. We have Jesus. But then I believe for a lot of us, we're going to get there and we're going to realize I missed out on all of this. The Word of God is not for heaven. The Word of God is for now. The word is for us to experience abundant life. And I want to cut the lie off you where you believe it's not for you because you're struggling financially. Or you're struggling in your business or you're struggling in your marriage. That is just the season. And maybe God is just preparing you for what's coming. He doesn't purposefully put things on us, but he lets us go through things. And maybe you're struggling financially because he's testing you to, to see if you will be faithful with little so he can give you much in these end days where the kingdom will need much to advance. And we need to see things very differently. And God always sees the bigger picture and he thinks generationally. And um, just carrying on with that in terms of our point is the plan is therefore to get back to the father. And you've heard me share on this before in terms of sonship, in terms of father and son. and, And there's an unlocking there, I believe. And there Jesus says on the way, the truth and the life, and Philip right in front of him says, so show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. I think Jesus must be thinking, didn't I just tell you? Haven't I just shown you for how many years? And in the time of Jesus, how many people were waiting for him and didn't see him when when he was eventually there? And we can be doing the same thing. And we can be going through the motions. And so often we get so busy with the things of God that we're not busy with the God of the things. And I as a pastor stand here in front of you and we need to be real. And I can say there's been times for me where we coming to church can become a chore. As a pastor, I have to be here every Sunday. I have to be at every service. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) But it can become like that for any of us where our Christian walk can become a chore. But what I purpose in my heart is, it's an opportunity for me to get to God. Yes, technically behind the scenes I have to be here because it's part of the role, but that's not the reason why we should do it. It should be, it's an opportunity to grow in God. Like Ed Trout said last week, it might be a sandwich, it might be a feast, but you're still growing. But it's not enough. Coming to church once a week is not enough. Who here loves fasting? So, why do we do it with God? We seek Him on a Sunday and then the rest of the week we fast. And you're not eating. You're not eating the word in the week. Maybe for some of us, we're only doing it because of NT 260, because the church tells us we must. But are you doing it like the 11 people who've already completed it? I guarantee you that's because they just had such a desire they wanted more. And are you doing the things of God? Or are you pursuing Him regardless of the things? And I mentioned that abundant life means knowing Him. Eternal life, the same. Yes, it means you're going to live forever. But I think we, we can't fathom eternity because we only have our existence here and our understanding. So we don't understand eternity. We believe it and we understand what it means, but we can't really grasp it. And we need to realize that God thinks generationally. When we're facing a situation, we think this is the end of me. God's thinking that's just like a little pinprick that like means nothing. It's so small in comparison to what I have for you. And those situations that you're facing that is so difficult, we need to get to the place of applying the truth to it. And this leads me to my second point where Jesus said, I am the truth. And I believe the biggest problem for us is that there's not enough truth in our lives. We come to church each week and we think we're spiritually fat and we're hungry to do more for God out there. But if you're only coming to church and you're not seeking God on a daily basis, you're probably spiritually malnourished and you think you're spiritually fat and you should be fine and you wonder, why am I not fine? Because often we do, I think we, we almost do a, Uh, forgive me for the word, like a spiritual regurgitation. Someone shares, oh, that was a wonderful sermon, and I share it with someone else, and we hear it and think, oh, that sounds awesome. Did you hear what they say? And then it's forgotten, and you didn't apply it to your life. That doesn't make you change. Are you taking what you heard, what God, even if it's one thing that you hear today, are you going to say, God, I don't see that in my life, but I need to see it, so show me in here until I see it in my life. Don't have people hearing you sounding like someone else's disciple other than Jesus. Because you're listening to man more than you're listening to God. And how much are we in here? And it's hard. And I stand here saying, at times I've been dry. At times, yes, as a pastor I've got a theology degree. But a lot of that stuff after many years is probably forgotten now. And... A lot of people say in the business world and in sport, you're only as good as your last victory. We've got the Soccer World Cup on at the moment. And it's so depressing to see how people worship their soccer teams. And see how we'll paint ourselves and we'll dress ourselves up and we'll spend a fortune to get to Russia to watch the World Cup. But what are we doing for God? And we worship and we cry when the team is losing like it's the end of the the world. Are you crying for the things that God's crying about? are you hurting for the things that are hurting God? And I believe the key for us is truth. We need more truth. You want more abundance in your life? Fill yourself with truth. Force feed yourself truth so that that situation that you don't know why it's not changing, you don't know where the scripture is for it, find it. It's in here. Say, God, I'm going to study until my marriage changes. I'm going to study marriage in here. I'm going to study business in here. I'm going to study finance in here so that I can take the truth and apply that which is living. We say it's living. It's the living word of God. So why are we not applying it half the time to our lives? Take that truth and apply it and declare those things, not just a positive confession because you've heard it from somebody. No, 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 I'll be blessed. Oh, it's gonna, are you really hungry? Are you really getting to the bottom of what God is saying in his word about that situation so that life can come? Not just you've got the way and you've made peace with the fact that you're going to struggle. Jesus, when he said, I have to go, but I will send the comforter, I think some of us thought, I'm going to be comfortable now. Jesus didn't say, I'm sending the comforter to make Christians comfortable. He did it because he knew Christians were going to be uncomfortable. And we're going to need a comforter as a result. He's not there to keep you happy. He's there to comfort you because you're going to face trials and tribulations because the enemy hates you. Because you're made in the image of God, not him. And you make him smile when you come to church week in and week out. You don't apply the truth of God's word to your life and you stay the same. And the devil smiles. He's okay with you, going to church. He's okay with you being a Christian. He'd rather you weren't, but if he, can, if he can't get your salvation, he wants to get the effectiveness of your life. He wants to get you to not walk in the authority of God. If you're walking in the authority of God because you know him, then he's afraid. He's not afraid if you're not walking in God. You just know him. You've accepted him. You've saved but largely there's no real difference. And then you're ineffective and the devil doesn't have to do very much. But when you step forward and you press into truth, that's when the enemy takes notice and that's when more attack comes. And I think some of us in our lives, we've come under attack and then we've backed off because we've thought it was more comfortable when I did less. It was more comfortable when I read less of the word. It was more comfortable when when I pressed less into God. And yes, it can be, but then then that's, even, then that's a waste of life and then you'll feel even worse. And God wants to encourage you today, not, not put a heavy on you. He put that truth there for a reason so that you can experience abundant life. Now, yes, blessing will come. Yes, provision will come, but that's only an area of it. What if it's spiritual provision? What if it's friends that God puts in your life? And on an aside, I, I just want to add something else. I used to sit up there at the back, Before I was a pastor, and and now I sit here. But I just feel the Lord wants you to hear. Each and every single one of you, at times, are wondering, do I have a voice in the church? And I'm here to tell you, you do. Yes, we can't, with a thousand people here, all put up our hands and be all, all sharing, we'll be here all day. But that's what Life Group is for. Bruce will be very happy with me mentioning that, but... I'm not trying to build numbers of life groups, but life is busy and it's difficult and we need to sacrifice time. But if you were sitting there and you knew the 10 people around you pretty well and they knew what you were going through and they could encourage you and pray for you and stand with you, wouldn't you feel even better? Wouldn't you feel even more encouraged? And a lot of you can still come and go week in and week out in this church, whether you're a member or not, and you can feel insignificant. And you can leave with your problems. You can come with them and leave with them. But I want to encourage you to get to a life group. And if there isn't one in your area or caters for the group that you're in, then start one. Because we need to not run this race alone. God didn't tell us to run this race alone. We need brothers and sisters around us that we can encourage us. You need what happens here to be made on a personal level so that you can have a voice. And you do have a voice, and I'm here to tell you that I'm not more valuable than you. You are just as valuable, and I just really felt the Lord wanted to say to all of you that whatever field that you're in, okay, a pastor is not more valuable than you. You have a voice. You're just as important. You're just as needed. We fulfill a different role, and we fulfill a different function. Amen. In John 8 verse 32 Jesus said then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free we're all needing setting free we all have situations where we need to experience freedom and in verse 36 he says therefore if the son sets you free you are free indeed are you free indeed free indeed didn't just mean for you to be saved from hell and saved from your sins and As I've been studying this and listening to different speakers, and and we all have different speakers that we enjoy listening to, a sad reality, something that I've seen, is we are so stuck at that place, I believe, of just surviving once we've received the way to get to eternal life, and we're so struggling in between that when anybody preaches anything additional to that, they're false. What I mean by that is there's those that have so pressed into the love of God and they don't say, Jesus didn't just die for you just for your sins, but also to reveal God's love for you because he loves you so much. And then there's Christians out there that will, that will attack those people and say, no, you're not hearing from God. You're saying it at the expense of the cross. And what I'm saying is I believe God is saying it so much more than that. You ne- we never downplay the cross. You never downplay what Jesus did. It will always only be Jesus he paid the price in full. We can never do it. We can never undo it. We can never redo it. But sometimes we strive and we get stuck at that place. What I mean is we, we display crosses everywhere. And the cross, cross is vital and the cross is powerful. But the cross, cross speaks of death. Why don't we display open tombs everywhere? It's something I've often wondered. Maybe it would look really strange, but in terms of the resurrection, Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's not on the cross anymore. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that's something as Christians we don't fully grasp. We don't fully believe we're worthy to be seated at the right hand of the Father. You don't ever negate the cross, you don't ever take it away. But Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, so close that he can be embraced. He's saying, Do you see my son? Do you see my daughter? And we're standing still at the foot of the cross and the Father is standing saying, come to me. And we're standing there focusing on our sin. And Jesus is not on the cross anymore. There's a time and a place and you speak the blood of Jesus and you claim what the cross has done for you. But it was the purpose of not just saving you, but getting you back to the Father. And Father God loves you so much. How sad would it be if we all get born again and we never get back to the Father? He never experienced his love. And forgive me if this sounds a bit strange, I haven't been there, done that, or arrived. I just, uh, I, being 41, standing here as a pastor of five years, I remember that like just yesterday when I sat up here crying, when I was appointed as a pastor. And I've been saved most of my life, but I've come to realize that I didn't really know him. Not as much as the last two or three years. And if you're sitting there and you don't know God, He wants to know you. The Father wants to embrace you. He doesn't want you to live at a distance. And we come to Him all fancy dressed like this. There's a place for excellence. But I believe it's come to a place, and don't worry, I'm not going to do anything funny. <laughs> but I believe there's, there's a time where we need to take that fanciness off. And we need to get back on our knees. I said, Jesus, Father, I want to know you. I don't want to know of you. I don't want to go through the motions of Christian life and struggle and wonder if I'm in the right place. And at times I think I'm spiritually fat and at times I think I'm malnourished, but I'm confused. It's time we get back to the place of no pretenses Back on our knees. You know why I believe the Lord loves the early hours? Because your feet, your shoes are already off. And that's the time I love the most for the Lord because my feet are already no shoes. When Moses went to the burning bush to meet with God, the burning bush, it wasn't about the burning bush. God was there. I want to be where God is that's why the bush couldn't do anything but burn don't you want to burn for god i want to burn for him and i think of how many years i've wasted saying i've known him my whole life i've been christian my whole life but how much time have i wasted how much time are you wasting you need to know god not say you know him. The word says otherwise we'll come to God one day and say, did not I do all these things in your name. Wasn't I a pastor in your name in Jesus' life? The part from me, I never knew you. And there was a time early on in being a pastor here where part of what I did was to secure my identity because it wasn't healed yet. Part of it was to impress John and Andrew and the Rabit family, and it's not taking anything away from that. They're wonderful, but I need to do it for God. Are you doing it for God? Are you passionate about God, not about the things of God? And there's those of you where you're busy with so many things. You assume you're growing. And I've had times like that where, as a pastor, you yeah, week in and week out. Sometimes it feels like you're here every day, and sometimes it is every day. And you can get to a place where you're going through the motions and you can get dry. And you can assume, no, I'm doing well, I'm doing, I'm, I'm good. And then you revisit what's coming out of your mouth and you're just regurgitating another speaker you've been listening to. But are you becoming that? And then people hear it and you sound so fancy and you sound eloquent. And I'm not saying anybody's done that here. But there's so many places in the world where the church has become a place of tickling ears to make people feel good. And I believe those days are over. We need you see a person preaching in socks? <laughs> I feel short now. <clears throat> and this brings me to my last point, point three, obviously the remainder of that scripture where it says, Jesus said, I am the life. And I pray that, that God will do what he's done for me. I have my family sitting here and I have my parents sitting here. And it's almost like I feel I've had an unfair advantage and I... And I pray for those of you, your fathers are no longer around, your parents are no longer around, and that father-son, that father-child element may have been lost, but God can restore it. There was an element of it lost, as wonderful as my parents are. There was an element of it that was lost, and I've shared this before, because I believed lies of the enemy. So whether your parents are around or not, embrace God. There's a father-son thing you need to get here. Jesus came and God made, Father God made Jesus of no reputation to come and die for you. So he's not concerned about your reputation. He's not concerned about your, what, what you look like to other people. And we care too much what other people say and think. But if the priorities are right and you focus focused on God and you focused on His truth, then what people do and say to you will be in context. Don't do things to please people. Do things to be used of God and to show His love. And what needs to happen as a result of that, He will take care of that. Amen? Now, see again, I'm looking at all the points and I've said all of them already. <laughs> knowing your place in father's love changes everything everything has changed for me and i've shared it and i've shared it before please do not find your identity in what you do my identity is not being an apostle being a pastor that's a role and it's a calling and it's something i'm fulfilling god and i don't take it lightly i take it very seriously But sometimes we can be too serious before God. And that's why, as a prophetic action, took the jacket off and took the shoes off. Oh, and Sorry, something I forgot to say. Um, please come to me afterwards. I would love to hear if the word that I gave you is right or wrong. Because that's how I grow. And there needs to be more transparency and relationship in the church so that you don't leave hurt. And I can leave and know that I'm growing in God. And I don't say that to knock anybody. But real and confession, the, you guys know my heart. And my heart is that the, what happens here prophetically at Choose life, I'm only a part of it. It's not about me. But last week, the enemy even lied to me because I got so busy and so busy. I was even at a place where I didn't want to be here for the prophetic conference. It's too much. And it should have been obvious for me to like, obviously you should be here. But the enemy can steal the very thing God wants for you. And it so blessed me. And then there's that more private prophetic encounter of just 30 people. And God kept the last spot open for me. And God humbled me and showed me my heart was wrong. To believe the lie of not being here. And there's going to be times where God wants to do something in your life. And when you don't want to be a part of something, when you have all these excuses, when you have all these reasons why not to do it, a red flag should go up that it's the enemy trying to steal from you, trying to steal what God has for you. And there's so much that I got from last weekend and in this week. And it's ignited something more in me because the prophetic gifting was slumbering in me. And I could stand here and prophesy and what is there in you that is asleep because you're not pursuing God just for him don't pursue him just for the next step don't take your time with God like for me don't I, I mustn't take my time with God to prepare a sermon for today this was so easy for me and this is not knocking anybody else but i believe we're in the days where people share and preach sermons because it's out of their life. It's out of their experience with God, and that's what touches people. Because it's the power of the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. And part of what's blessing you today is the word of my testimony, because of what God has done. So this for me is real. I'm not talking an eloquent sermon to sound fancy, because then I definitely wouldn't take my shoes and my jacket off, and I definitely wouldn't be crying. and it's been a humbling journey for me and I don't do it it's uncomfortable for me when god does that and it's humbling to to do that in front of you but i do it gladly because i would rather represent jesus and be be real than portray someone who's perfect we're not perfect pastors are not perfect we make mistakes we struggle with offense. We struggle with sin. We, we have to be just as careful with sin. We have to be just as careful with judgment. We have to be just as careful with money. There's no difference. And I know nobody try, nobody's heart is to portray that from up here. But I believe God's changing something in the church where there's a realness that you see from up here. Where there's a realness where you feel, I can do that. If he can humble himself, I can humble myself before the Lord. And nobody's better than anybody else. We're all just as valuable and we all have a part to play. You just might be sitting there now. There was a day that I was sitting there as well. And it's not that I've arrived or achieved something better that I don't. I still sit in the church, we just sit more in the front for for access, for fulfilling a role. It's not based on value. And where you sit doesn't matter. You're valuable to God and he wants to unlock something in us, and he wants us to know him, and he wants us to walk in the abundance of him, and the abundance of life is not in things. Things will pass away, and we know that, but what God's doing in your life is preparing you to reign with him. I don't want to get to heaven one day, and I've done nothing, and I just get in, and there's no reigning. I just observe because I didn't do anything. And it's not about trying to force something and make something happen. Say, oh, I want to be something big in heaven. Uh, Well, we know if you exalt yourself, God will humble you. But if we humble ourselves and say, God, I want to do only what you want to do. And there's been times when I've got caught up with things and done too many things. Because it's church and because it's Christian and we just assume everything is good and everything is right and I must do everything. And I encourage you, as you're pursuing knowing God, you need to test everything. Don't embrace every word I say. You hear from the Holy Spirit as well for a reason, because God says you need to test everything and throw out what's not of God. It's the same with the prophetic word, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. I would hate to lead this gentleman astray by sharing, him the, sharing the wrong thing, because when you prophesy, you, you're you seeing God's heart for a person. And There was a time when, when I was a bull in a china shop in the early days, because I didn't really know God. And then you can see prophetic gifting in me, but if there's not a knowing God, then you'll do more harm than good. And whatever your gifting is, gifting is not enough. In man's eyes, it seems like enough, but in God, it needs to be knowing him. You need to see a depth in the person. Don't just grab everything because of a gifting, because you can be burnt. You can get hurt. And you need to be going to God more than you're going to a man. Amen. And I want encourage you that if that abundant life is what you want, you want him to experience that abundance of God today, of knowing him above all else, please stand with me so I can pray. Daddy, Abba, Father, I just come and I just lift everybody up here, myself included, and, and just, Father, thank you for the wonderful things you're doing here at Choose Life, and And thank you for John and Andrew and for the executive team. Father, we just speak your blessing over them. Father, I honor them. Father, I know there must be days where it's so difficult and and the pressure. Father, but I pray and ask that you would just overwhelm them and just bless them with, with your presence and your increase. And I pray for everybody here, Father. And I just honor them, Father, as children of God. They're all valuable to you. They all have a voice. They all have a, a part to play in your kingdom, Father. And, and may we maybe be real. May we be transparent. May we um, uh, grow together, giving each other feedback, because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. We need to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Father, so I speak your blessing over everybody here. I pray and ask that we would all experience your abundant life and not get caught up in terms of looking for finances and blessing and provision. That you take care of. Father, but I pray and ask that the abundance would be focusing on do I have an abundance of God or not? And if I don't, I need to apply the truth of God's word to my life. I pray and I ask for everybody under the sound of my voice that they would apply the truth of the word of God to their lives, even if it hurts that they would apply it to the circumstances of their lives and that they would not only just walk knowing that they're born again, going to heaven one day, but that the abundant life that you paid such a high price for is for us to experience now, today, in our very lives. And I speak your abundant life into situations here that seem dead. Father, and that people will rise up, they will get back on their knees with you, and that they will get into the word and apply the truth of your word to their lives, and that they will experience your abundant life. So I speak your blessing and your peace over everybody and your protection, and that they will have a wonderful week of seeking you every day, especially in the early hours of the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful week.